Lieutenant Frank Grimes of Chicago Police Department. Are you the man in charge? That's right. Well, who am I speaking to? John Q. I assume since all the doors are locked, this is a hostage situation. Is that correct? Okay. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Blood pressure is dropping fast. He's going into cardiac arrest. But I don't understand. Mike's heart is useless. He's going to need a transplant or he's going to die. Why do make Mike so sick? Transplant surgery is very expensive. We got insurance. There are no provisions in your policy for a procedure of this magnitude. All right, you want money? I'll get you your money. We've recently switched carriers. We only give assistance to patients without coverage. I'm sorry, I can't help you. Have you tried Medicaid? No, you don't qualify. My son is dying. I'm broke. If I don't qualify, who the hell does? I've done everything I can do. I'm sorry. Please. They are releasing him. Now you need to do Don't something. Take care. Hear me. Do something. The hospital's under new management now. Everybody does exactly what I say. Nobody will get hurt. I want my kid's name on the donor's list. This is going to end up bad for you, John. Police will do whatever is necessary to preserve the lives of these hostages. Well, they're telling me I got to take my son home and watch him die. If you could speak to John Q right now, what would you say to him? I'm there with you and you can take care. 515, when something happens for me. Are you praying for a baby? Yes, I'm praying, sweetheart. He's a good kid. You'd like him. My son! I got a shot at this guy and I'm gonna take it! My son is gonna bury me! Take the shot. How's it gonna end, John? I don't know. Without a new heart, he's not gonna make it. Okay. Take mine. What? You heard me. Take my heart, and you put it in Mike. Oh, man, you done lost your damn mind. You can't be serious. You bet I'm serious. I'm dead serious. Oh, my God. Wow. Man, that means you'll be dead. And my son will live. John, you can't do this. It's the only way. No, you don't understand. Physically, you can't do this. Yes, I can. I kill myself. You open me up, you take my heart. It's perfect. Man, that's just crazy. No, no, we can't just remove your heart and put it into Michael's body. John, there are too many unknowns. Matching a donor and a recipient is extremely complicated. There are several critical tests that have to be taken. Like what? Cross matches for blood type, chest cavity measurements. If both blood tissues are not completely compatible... Come on, I know all about compatibility, no. okay? We've been tested up the wazoo. We're both B positive, our tissues match, his heart's three times the size of a normal heart, so mine will fit. You know damn well we're compatible. It's out of the question. Too risky. No. Doc, I'm telling you, he will make it. Can't do it, John. No. So what? So if I'm laying on the floor dead, you're not going to take my heart and put it in him to save his life? You'll let two people die instead of one because of a technicality? You know what? I think what John is trying to do is right. Me too. I think it's so brave. It's brave, but what do you think Mike would want? What about your wife? Mike's too young to know what's good for him. I'm his father. It's my job to protect him. Besides, Denise would do the same thing. John, look. I know what's happening to Mike is bad, man. Matter of fact, it's the worst. But killing yourself ain't gonna solve a damn thing. Sometimes you just gotta let go and let God. Just accept it, brother. 
Accepted? Except what? Except what? That Micah's going to die. No. No, I don't accept that. Ever. No, I reject that out of hand. I mean, look. He... All right, he's a patient to you. I understand. But if you... He's a good kid. I mean, he's... He, he, he loves bodybuilding. He, he wants to be a bodybuilder. Can you believe that? And he, he's funny. He's... You'd like him. You'd like him, Doc, if you got to know him. I do like All him. All right, then. Then please. I'm just begging you. Step outside the room. I'd like to, John. I really would. But what you're asking crosses the line. It is completely unethical. So what? I'm, I'm not... I'm crossing the line. You're crossing the line. The whole damn system crossing the line. Who cares? Maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about. All right? I don't give a damn. My son's gonna live. Maybe you guys haven't figured that out by now. I'll do whatever I gotta do for him to live. So what are you gonna do? You gonna shoot me if I don't operate? No. I'm gonna kill myself. All right? Let's just see what happens. I mean, that's what this is all about, right? He needs a donor. Somebody's gotta die in order for him to live. I'm his father, it's me. All right. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Dom. And tonight's movie for debate is John Q. So hello and welcome to The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast where it is always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's movie for debate is John Q. Dom, we are here. How are you, my friend? I'm very good, thank you. I'm uh, very much looking forward to talking about this film. And yeah, it's good to be here. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for being here. I love this film so much. Spoiler alerts. Uh, I'm so happy that we, we were technically supposed to do Ace Ventura tonight because we had spun the wheel of over 200 different movies um, a couple months ago now. We've been sidetracked with Raven's movie requests uh, and we were going to do Ace Ventura and then I actually saw a YouTube short of, of like a Denzel quote and I was like, God damn it, I love you, Denzel. I really want to do a Denzel film and... I just started thinking about John Q. I messaged you and said, Dom, have you watched Ace Ventura yet? You replied and said, uh, Absolutely not. And I said, Would you mind if we did John Q? And you said, Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I said, Amazing. I said back, Have you seen John Q? And you said, I don't think so. And I said, well, whatever you do, try not to read anything about it. Don't watch any trailers. Just try and watch it and go in blind. To which you replied. Sure, no problem. And we haven't really spoken about it since. So now that you've seen it, had you seen John Q before or was this actually your first time viewing it? This was my first time viewing it. I hadn't seen it before. And yeah, I'm really enjoying this at the moment. I'm really enjoying doing films that we've never seen before and talking about them. As much as it's great to talk about films that we have seen before, I think adding 
like th- these adding these films no matter what they they are to like our kind of repertoire of films we've seen is brilliant uh, and i'm really enjoying this I, I i would love to do more of watching films we haven't seen obviously we want to go over the films that we have seen and, and that people have requested and stuff but yeah i'm really enjoying this like kind of short series of films that at least one of us has never seen before and going through them and yeah really enjoying it but this this film was uh was one of them uh, not, not seen it before got into it got watching it saw who the director was got excited and that was it for me i was like yeah i'm in i'm in <laughs> amazing so did you manage to go in blind like you didn't read anything you didn't see anything no i i did i i didn't have time for one but i i kind of have no need to look things up if you say don't look it up i don't look it up so i i don't bother um and i yeah just put it on today whilst i was working hopefully no one from work is listening um and <laughs> yeah just um watched it as i was as i was doing my work and yeah well, well we're gonna get into what i think about it in a bit but get, kind of tell us your kind of first view in history kind of history of the film if you have one and you know your love of denzel <laughs> the love of denzel goes deep but well firstly the reason why i didn't want you to, to know anything was because i thought wow what a shock that would be to of the direction of the movie where you've got this this family and it's all kind of it's very wholesome but also they're they're sort of struggling they're on like the breadline, so to speak of it's financially uh struggling but but working and, and trying to make it happen and then all of a sudden uh mike the the little boy in it collapses at the baseball game and then the the, the whole left turn of that to then the complete left turn of what then what denzel's character later goes on to do and how all of that goes i just thought if you knew nothing that that would be such a interesting like twists and turns uh to the story my history with it and i really want to know well hang on before we get there i need to know did you see any of it coming like any of them twists happening like at what point did you think this is going to turn into like a a hostage situation or any of that stuff or did it all take you like in in the moment so like in the first sort of 20 minutes of the film and that like the things kind of progress quite quickly so like the tragedy like the the the, the boy having the, the heart issue going down and then discovering it and then finding out about it happens fairly soon on and the fact i thought he's the, the boy's too wholesome he's too lovely for something bad not to happen to him because that's just kind of what happens so i was thinking what's going to happen to this kid and i knew it would be at the baseball game once they got to the baseball game but i was thinking i i was thinking pitch is going to hit him in the head with the ball He's gonna like his helmet won't be on or something like that, and then the picture's gonna because they were giving the the picture was getting a, a lot of screen time, and he's got those evil eyes, and I was thinking this kid's gonna do something, and then he threw the first pitch, and I was thinking God that wouldn't that wouldn't hurt a fly, do you know what I mean? If it hit him, <laughs> so I was thinking something else has got to happen here, and then obviously it does, and then when it escalates and they're raising the money and everything seems to be like quite positive and they're raising the money, it's then when he's in the corridor with James Woods, and. Uh, he's kind of interrupts him talking to obviously a very well-off couple who have got great insurance and can pay a lot of money to you know spend in their hospital and he interrupts it and he's very sort of like um kind of perturbed by it and then as as soon as he gets him into a corridor to talk privately i was like oh there's gonna be a there's gonna be a turn here he's either gonna smack him up 
or he's going to do something. And then obviously it turns into that, the whole hostage situation where it's like, okay, we're going to lock down the emergency room and you're not going anywhere until my son gets a heart. I was like, wow, awesome. <laughs> like really good. And then there was a bit at the end as well. I thought it's getting to the point where he's so desperate. He would do anything like uh, shoot himself to then offer and that that then became a thing so uh, uh as much as the film was really really good that there's those elements that kind of crept up that i thought okay that's yeah i kind of knew these little elements were going to happen but they just happen in like slightly different ways i guess from what i was expecting excellent well and we'll get into all of that and more uh my my history with it was i watched it when it came out not like at the cinema or anything but i remember watching it at home with my parents this came out in 2002 so it would have been what 15 is that good maths yeah 15 yeah 15 yeah yeah. (laughs) so poor at maths i really question myself on these things but yeah i remember watching it and i remember in particular realizing oh this is what really good acting is like this mm. is incredible acting like from everyone but in particular talking about Denzel and also uh the woman that plays his wife who is Kimberly Elise mm-hmm. is phenomenal like they're both so good but I mean Denzel gets more of the screen time so I think you know a bit more focus is on him but I just remember thinking oh wow this is what really amazing acting is and uh, I would have seen Training Day in and around this kind of time as well which came out I think the year before and just like it's got so much range and I remember my dad then showing me some other like older Denzel films uh, like Ricochet have you ever seen Ricochet like a an older no, one I don't, don't think so uh, which is really good and then yeah just always being a fan of him I've spoken about about before on the podcast that F and I went and saw him on Broadway uh, a few years ago and he was just phenomenal uh, in that as well and he basically just I mean I, I don't, is it possible for him to have ever turned turned in a bad performance like I don't <laughs> think so I've never seen him in anything that hasn't been like amazing uh so yeah i really do have a love for him and then for this film in particular uh i've i've seen it a few times throughout the years but then when i was on holiday a few months ago we were getting ready to to go out for dinner and i was flipping through the tv i was obviously ready a good like half an hour before (laughs) he was you know i'm all done i'm like on the bed just flicking through i'm happy though i'm chilling you know i've done my bit uh waiting nicely yeah just and and this was on and I caught like 10, 15 minutes of it and it was already at the part where we were in like the, the hostage sort of situation. And I was like, oh, this film's so good. And then I remembered Paul Johansson was in it and I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, amazing. Obviously, we'll talk all about that. And then Eddie Griffin is in it. I've got so much to say about Eddie Griffin and his character in it. Um but yeah, it's just a really great film. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to, to talk about it with you. And I'm so, so awesome that you hadn't seen it before. But tell me a bit about your um, opinion on, on Denzel. How do you feel about Denzel? Uh, he, yeah, he's brilliant. Like, there's, there's no denying it. He is absolutely fantastic at what he does. Just even in the, 
even when he's not saying anything, you can you can really kind of feel what's what's happening and what's going on in a scene, and you you just it just comes across. It comes across really really well. And although there's you know, he's not ever really doing anything that's kind of uh, that that separates him that much from the character. I, I'm not sure how to ex- explain it better than that. In that, in all his films, he's playing someone very different but it's it's done at such a level that it's just it kind of never really changes he he puts a lot of emotion into certain scenes and things but it's just done so well i'm not i I don't think i'm categorizing it like quantifying it as as well as i could but he he just he just it's effortless is what i'm trying to get at it's just that he can he can kind of play any character and it's effortless um uh, uh, but he doesn't. He doesn't ever seem to step outside of a a certain realm. So you don't see him doing like, um, like putting on like big accents throughout the, like a whole film or anything like that. He's very much like this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it, and uh, this is how it should sound and how it should feel. But yeah, uh, I think even the um, there's even bits in this film where it's like the the talking over people. And things that I think that's really important because uh, sometimes you get a lot of dialogue where it's, I'm going to wait for the next person to stop talking and then I'm going to talk and then I'm, they're going to wait for me to stop talking and then they're going to talk. And that doesn't tend to happen in his films. He tends to be quite quick to jump in. And it's it's normally like, it's not like you can tell it's not kind of edited that way. You can tell it's him. He's just, I'm going to, there's my line. I'm going to chuck it out because this is how the character would respond. Um uh, and jump in like uh, when they're in the kind of meeting room with the doctors in the hospital uh, top bods right and um i can't remember what the wife says but she says like well what does that mean and he goes i'll handle this well what does that mean and says like exactly the same thing that she just did because he's like i should be handling this but you know and he's getting across the frustrate like his frustration and trying to take on her frustration and yeah he just very very much um always like attracted to to him in a scene aren't you he's he's never going to be one that isn't the main focus of a scene that he's in ever yeah absolutely and when when i see him in this film it's like i don't see him i just see the character and i think it's Mm. like they're so rare like i'm not going to say any names i'm not i don't want to throw anyone under the bus but a lot of the times when i'm watching a film i'm like oh there's that actor you know but when i'm watching things like this or like training day or malcolm x or any of these amazing films that he's been in it's like i just see the character and yeah you're right it's not like he's uh well he is playing such a breadth of different characters but it's done in how within his repertoire of how it would be if he was that person you know so in that way it also feels more realistic i mean in things like uh american gangster like yeah, he's just not only one of the best, I think, of our time, I think he's just one of the best of all time. And in this movie, like, I can't believe he didn't get an Oscar nomination for this. Like, I like, I'm, I know that there's some elements of this that uh, can feel not, like, reminiscent, but, like, for some reason, bits of, like, speed you could even <laughs> compare to this. Just in the part of there's everyone trapped in a bus but they have this sort of camaraderie and you've got everybody trapped in a uh, emergency room and there's some sort of camaraderie and thing. you know it's that it's got some of those elements to it but obviously this has got a way more serious undertone 
but I think his acting in it is just like sublime. Like it's, I, there's I would I watched some clips earlier when I was <laughs> actually again waiting for Ethan to get ready for us to go out somewhere, <laughs> and I just thought I'd just put two minutes of this on. I was just like uh, mesmerized watching him. Um, like he really is like just up there as as one of the best um but let's now we've got our love for denzel out of the way let's talk about (laughs) the director of this obviously nick cassavetes so you were were you excited when you saw that because you thought there's a potential that paul johansson might make an appearance because we know Uh, that they're that they're friends yeah i I think there was a yeah there was a touch of that i was thinking i i thought or maybe you picked the film because of that uh, uh, as well, I thought that would have been a, a factor, other than obviously you know, you know Denzel. But I, I thought, or maybe that's uh, one of the reasons is that you picked it because it's got um, because of Nick Casavet is, is the director, and maybe there's potential for Paul to be in it. I thought well, that all that that would be interesting. But actually, I, I, once I saw the director, I just carried on watching, and then kind of that kind of fell out of my mind. I didn't really think about it until he appeared and I was like oh my god there he is you know and I was like yes he is in it excellent and he's so young (laughs) well this is actually only a year before he started on One Tree Hill yeah but we've got to such a point in One Tree Hill that he's like (laughs) you know he's not old but he's older and you can see the change in him you can see the difference and yeah here he's like he seems really fresh-faced doesn't he yeah they're like you know it's the the reporter you know the guy with the hair it's like (laughs) yeah he does have perfect hair (laughs) so good i might have one of those hairs on the jacket maybe (gasps) one of them hairs fell off we should have tested it for dna yeah you could have cloned him (sighs) grow your own paul johansson in a jar grow your own paul johansson (laughs) this would have made headlines you know in the like in the the magazine that's uh, Nathan is currently being, uh, you know, the scandal. That was it, the National Enquirer or whatever. Yeah, they would be in there like man clones Paul Johansson in jar <laughs> from Tree Hill Ravens jacket. <laughs> oh dear, I hope Paul never listens to this. Um, I hope he does. <laughs> I think he would love it. <laughs> he'd just be like, I always knew. I always yeah. knew. He should, Paul. You should have sent some hair in the box. Honestly, I'm ashamed that you didn't. But That's it. right, back on back on track to John Q, which is an amazing movie. Um, there's also, I know that you know this, um, and I'm sure some of our listeners know this because I've mentioned it before. But I'm someone that's been into battle rap for a very, very, very long time, and there's a really old battle. Like I'm talking like. 12 13 14 years ago where someone had a line part way through and it sometimes just gets stuck in my head where he just said because i palm tools palm tools is in like holding guns palming them yeah i palm tools i'll take everybody hostage john q (laughs) (laughs) such a good line but okay so the movie starts and she's credited the actress as beautiful woman driving bmw okay i mean there's there's worse things to be credited as isn't there absolutely um what happened to our beautiful woman driving the bmw dom our beautiful woman driving the bmw decides to overtake a i'll say truck but we all know it's a lorry um and unfortunately it does it on like bit of a blind bend when there happens to be another truck 
come in the other way. So, yeah, unfortunately, she then ends up having, uh, like, the first truck clips the back of her car, and she spins out, and then, um, uh, oh, no, no, the second truck as she's approaching clips the back of her car. She spins around, and then the original truck that she was following kind of plows into the side of her. Um, I only question the fact that it didn't sound like there were any brake noises at that moment. Uh, and that truck driver was just like, well, it's your own fault. <laughs> you <laughs> just went went through her. Um, but yes, You were driving was, reckless. And you know what? You're going to pay the price. That's it. I'm going to I'm gonna drive through you with my big Mack truck. And job done. <laughs> did you keep this in mind, like, throughout the film, that did for this to come back into play? Like, as in, or did you kind of forget about it and, and then it connect, clicked, like, later when it's, presented well i was always like what was the point of the beginning what was the point of that i don't i didn't understand it was it to you know to get us into the hospital and then i thought but we didn't see her going to the hospital so i kept it kept coming back to me thinking what was the point of it and then as we got further down the line and it was like oh there's rescue crews at the car now okay i get it now she's going to be the heart uh, and that's yeah i i got there once the rescue crews kind of got there and they were, sh- they were shown at the vehicle. But then I guess at that point, it's, and we'll obviously we'll get there, it becomes the point of, is the heart going to get there in time before yeah. Denzel's going to... Uh, I'm just going to ask quickly, did you think he was going to shoot himself? Like, did you think it was going to be that he, do- he wasn't going to know and he shoots himself? I thought he was going to shoot himself... So it's occasions like this where I wish I watched it with you because I think I, like it would have been a good discussion at the time as well um, because I thought his intention is to shoot himself because he's even like, let's get some towels, you know, so it's not that much mess. You don't have to clean up that much mess then, you know, um, and it's all pretty contained. And he pulls the trigger and he's like, oh, the safety's on. And it's kind of like that the whole beginning with this woman with the... Um, like the the crucifix and her her beads like hanging down from the mirror and the music she was listening to or like that was assumed like the music was playing but it sounded like i think it was the music she was listening to all these kind of religious connotations and then when we get to this point it's kind of like divine intervention somebody has stopped the, the gun from working i'm thinking well maybe the gun jammed and that's why it, it didn't go off and he's like oh the safety's on and then all of a sudden you know it's like that he turns off the radio and I was thinking, don't turn up, don't turn off the fucking radio. <laughs> um, and then it's like bang on it. And I was thinking, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I hope he hasn't done it. But I, I, I just didn't think with the, the way the film was going, there's no way that they, they could have let that happen. There's no way that it could have ended with him having shot himself and offering his heart up. There's no way those doctors would have been allowed to continue. Like if a gunshot had gone off, they would have been, they would have stormed the building and, done all sorts so they would have been stopped so it was all about saving that boy's life and i thought he's going to come out of this okay but you was you was emotionally uh, invested though i was close i was yeah i was thinking that damn this is this is horrible what a horrible situation but you know he's he's his responsibility and his job is to keep his son alive and that's what he's gonna do and i was like wow i'm just unbelievable some of those lines where oh god we'll get to it i know we're jumping ahead but some of the lines when he's just like <laughs> he needs a heart i'm his father it's me you know it's yeah. like it's like oh you would you just would though like as in like uh, it's so courageous and brave but 
oh, we'll get to all of that. And so some of the parts <laughs> of he's going to live. Like, I don't know if you know that yet, but that's what we're doing here. Uh, I, I will tell you now, I cried double digits easily. I watched it in two sittings. I watched it. I watched the second half last night, the first half the night before. Uh, I was like, oh man, like it got me so much, like way more than I, it had ever gotten me before. And I don't know if that's maybe because I am a dad now. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, those things. But also the older I get, the more these things affect me emotionally. Again, I don't know if that's the maturing of being like, you know, maturing, <laughs> I guess. And so these things resonate more or you can identify more with with the pain i'm not sure i i don't know i think do you think people either go one of two ways as they get older they maybe become more jaded and less emotional or maybe become way more emotional i don't know what do you think or is it just just <laughs> are we me? are we the two signs of that coin <laughs> <laughs> I, I realized that's how it was sounding when I was, but I didn't actually, I wasn't trying to implicate Insinuate. you. Yeah, I wasn't. I actually wasn't. But what do you no, think? I, do you I, think? I, yeah, I, I, well, I think there's, I think there's potential for both, isn't it? Uh, it's all, it all depends on, it depends on everything, doesn't it? It depends on your, your past and your history and how you've been brought up and kind of what happens in your life. Some people are very insular and lock things in and, uh, kind of don't give out any emotional responses to things and some people grow into it don't they and and like start to understand things better um, and want to kind of express that more so yeah just it just depends I, I don't think there's uh, kind of just two set ways for people I think there's there's a lot of different emotional responses and I think I think this film will probably hit differently if you are a, a father or a parent um because not to say i didn't have a, a reaction to it because obviously it's a very emotional thing and it's like very tense and it's a very difficult situation and i think i would do exactly the same thing that he was doing you know i would i would offer the same option you know or just take mine um but i think there's definitely a different feeling when you are already a parent because you can um put yourself in their shoes and and understand it a bit more like if i was in that situation and it was my child what would I do? Um, whereas, you know, I don't have a kid, so it's kind of slightly different, but I can appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, I, I, my, I was crying when he collapsed on the baseball field because mm. I was thinking, imagine the fear of that. It's just something completely unexpected just drops in front of you. Um, so that's, let's take it through. So we have the accident at the beginning and then we're getting to know, uh, the family, the Archibalds, we're getting to know them. And uh, Denzel's character, John, is uh, his car's getting towed in the morning. It's kind of like, like what wakes him up. And so we're getting this whole kind of, uh, not backstory, but the narrative that money is hard. Uh, his wife, Denise, is, uh, you know, also working hard working they're working class uh they're like good people they're christian they go to church uh their son mike who like you said is really lovely and wholesome and he wants to be a bodybuilder um which i guess is obviously ironic later in a horrible way because it's about strong body and obviously he's 
going to have th- these heart issues. And uh, but it's got they have a really wholesome, beautiful family dynamic, like really good relationship with both uh, his mum and his dad. Like when they're in the car and they're doing like the little game of where you've got to say something without. <laughs> Uh, you know making it sound like the way it sounds and they're sort of laughing at Denise at the mum it's just so beautiful like some of the, those reactions just seem really genuine it just again I just felt like I wasn't watching characters it felt like I was just watching real life I mean what did you think about the world building there there's such like strong like a, like a like a strong family unit but also there's I couldn't help but feel that there was like distance between John and Denise because of the pressures that they're under. So I think this film is really good kind of commentary on a number of things. One is like uh, financial pressures, uh, kind of family pressures when you're when you're in that situation, the state of medical care mm. in the US uh, and kind of their insurance structure and what comes with it. And the the just the fact that <laughs> things that could have been picked up on like medical checks and stuff were missed because doctors are getting paid a lot of money to you know to avoid it right crazy so there's there's so much like included in this film and I think even the pressure of uh, and I am going to jump to it even the pressure of uh, you need to do something about this you know you're his father you need to do something about this is even seen. In the um, uh, 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 the the other couple that are having the baby, uh, that are locked oh, in, in, in with them in, in the yeah in the emergency in, room in the emergency room. So when they're locked in as well, there's even a, a moment of pressure from them and the way that uh, the 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 wife is kind of reacting to him, and he suddenly has this immense amount of pressure on his shoulders. Like I need to be there. I need to provide. I need things to be right. I need to do the right things. And throughout the whole film, he's exactly the same. I need to get a second job because I need the money for this. We've got to pay our car off. Um, we've got to pay this off. We, we, you know, they even say they've got a thousand dollars kind of saved in a in a checking account, and that's it. Um, so there's all, there's all, all these kind of commentaries on all these kind of aspects of of life in America. And I was thinking, wow, is this going to build to be like something happens with the kid, it goes wrong, and it's about the family crumbling and falling apart and then obviously we have this kind of kind of epic moment in the middle where he takes everybody hostage um but uh, i think it it was a ve- like very important kind of uh message which is probably why it, he didn't get an oscar because of you know the stuff that they're saying about these institutions that pretty much control everything don't they so right political political think piece in a uh, in a positive way well mm. yeah and we'll we'll get to some of the uh the issues with the medical system and things in a minute when when we get you know into that part but yeah definitely so much that's what i thought today when i was um like walking um walking my dog i was thinking this film provokes so much emotion but also just so much thought about all of those points that you were just saying uh and just how unfair these systems really are but okay so we're also introduced to uh their friends right so they've got like these family friends uh which oh who what are they jimmy was the guy yeah 
Jimmy and Gina. Gina. Jimmy and Gina, I think. Yeah. Uh, so that's great. And, and you know, they, they come into play again a little bit later. And then Mike uh, has his accident or, you know, he's running. He gets a hit and he's running through the bases at a baseball game and he collapses. They rush him to the hospital. I mean, again, even the way all of that was filmed with john like holding him and they're running into the car running into the emergency room you know i need a doctor i need a doctor uh it's it was shot so well like the emotion you could really feel the the tension and what that panic would be like uh and then we we find out that he has this this heart issue and not only that we have this ticking clock which is like a really clever device to have in a movie of where it, it raises the stakes that if his is it is it if his blood pressure goes below 70 it was if one of them i'm not sure if it was blood pressure or one of his markers goes below 70 then he's gonna have heart failure basically right yeah it's, it's his blood pressure you're right right and so we're watching that sort of tick down almost one digit at a time to show as as time's moving on to increase the stakes of, of what's going on and we get to meet james woods's character uh, as you mentioned dr raymond turner who's who's like the main doctor but we also meet uh rebecca who is uh played by anne heesh i think that's how you pronounce it who's playing the like horrible board of directors woman um who <laughs> does soften towards the end but she is our sort of like bitch antagonist so to speak going through and she plays it really well because you fucking hate her at sometimes don't you but i mean <laughs> but you also know that it's not her that's created this system and it's a hospital that is being treated like a business and then that is the problem is like healthcare shouldn't be a business right it's, it should be a right that every human being on the planet has that there has access to because we're all human like we all need help like like john says at the end you know sick help sick help that's 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 all it is um but what what did you think of of those two characters of james wood's character and uh and heesh um what i was so like so surprised by the cast of this film as well so many people in it that i was not expecting to see uh so a brilliant brilliant cast um but yeah rebecca when she's basically kind of giving them their options and the options are like james woods is kind of kind of laying it out saying like your kid's going to need a transplant this is exactly what they're going to need or this is what can happen and then she's like well you can medicate and just make them as comfortable as possible and it's basically i'm i'm kind of okay with you kind of signing this death warrant so that we can move on because you haven't got the money. Well, I've looked at your insurance and you're not covered for this. It's like, I have insurance. I am covered. And you, well, you're not. You know, you're going to need to check with your provider, but you're not covered for this. So this is the situation. So, and she's so black and white about it. So blunt. And he is as well, like James Woods. I mean, like doc, Dr. Um, was it Turner, did you say? Yeah. Um, is, is very black and white about it as well. And you can see that... Um, kind of the point of this is 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 to change his opinion and and turn him from um kind of man, money grabbing bastard doctor 
to remember what you signed up for. You signed up for and you took an oath to help people and preserve life. And you're not doing that. You're not helping. Um, uh, and th that's an important change in the film and in the narrative. Because I even think we get that with the police officers. Police officers are very much like, we need to take this guy down. But then it's like, hey, like, okay, we're starting to kind of sympathize, sympathize with you. And like, I mean, everybody in the waiting room as well kind of has is in the same situation um very stockholm syndrome isn't it but um but <laughs> right. yeah, yeah i i think uh dr turner and um uh gets better as the film goes on and and you want that to happen because he's the, the he's kind of got the power here like the cars are in his hand to help um and make something happen and 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 do the right thing and that's what's important and yeah, with Rebecca when she's um, talking to Denise and says, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna do this on the hospital. The hospital will pay for everything." You know, he he worked out the money. He said you do like thirty two of these a year or whatever. It's two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's this amount of money, or and it's just insane amounts of money. I think he said you do three hundred heart transplants a year oh was it 300 uh, sorry yeah so he did the math so it's 75 million dollars a year that's it just, um, just you, you could, could just you could do this one but I, I think you're right it's that he's john's got to turn dr turner's opinion into you need to be doing this and he's got to change rebecca's opinion to put mike on the transplant list because that's the other thing he's also not taking these people hot and we're jumping a bit ahead now but he's not also just jumping uh taking people hostage and saying i want a heart he's saying oh, i just want him on the list yeah he, he just wants mm. what's fair it's not even you know it's not that he's saying i need the heart get bring it here right now it's that just want to be on the list on the on I the donor transfer list the good thing about that is that if he's on the list they they'd already said they'd already kind of implied that he'd be at near the top because he's at such high risk so you know and he's you know he fits the category of someone who will need needs one immediately so he goes he jumps up quite high so get him on the list and you know he's likely to get one so yeah well we we then get to trying to raise the money questioning a bit of a montage like questioning the insurance provider and where he works and he basically got screwed with his insurance because his work didn't have the work available. They uh, gave him less hours. And then because he ha had gone under a certain quota of hours, he no longer qualified for the proper insurance, got like a second rate insurance. So he was basically saying, so because you did me out of work that I want to work, I now don't even have the insurance. And the, the guy was basically like, yeah, it sucks. But yeah, you just got effed over basically um mm. over like technicalities it's crazy it's, it's horrendous what a horrendous system I, I mean it's completely different leagues but i also don't want people to think that we think that we're in some sort of ivory tower here in the uk <laughs> because our healthcare system is also completely messed up and is mm. failing um not not by the uh not to the fault of the people that work within the NHS because they obviously do wonderful work and never try and take anything away from from what they do, but from the government and them being seriously underfunded uh, and it affecting people. I mean, it's so difficult to even just get a doctor's appointment, uh, let alone, you know, 
on on the list for operations and all kinds of of things um so it's also a, a broken system here too uh but i think the difference here is money isn't involved in terms of people having to privately fund for things uh, as it is in in america and i i mean uh, again we're not maybe in the right position to comment because we're we're not american we don't live in america but as far as i know this system isn't much different now and this film was 22 years ago yeah i remember us having a conversation with uh lex on um one tree hill podcast uh a while ago but you know not too long ago within the last sort of two years and her saying it was still awful i think it must have been there must have been an episode where someone was in hospital and we were talking about i think they were talking about the bill at the end of it and um dan pays it off or whatever um and uh, Lex kind of hit, said exactly the same thing. It's just awful. It's all about whether you've got the right insurance. Uh, and I was talking to someone um, not long ago uh, that I work with that's in the States. And they're like, if you call an ambulance, they'll ask you what your who your provider is. And they'll take you, like, you have to kind of know what hospital um, your provider covers and what doctors kind of specifically as well so that you can get the right help because otherwise you'll be paying you might have great insurance, but if your insurance isn't covered, like doesn't cover a particular hospital, you'll have to then pay that hospital kind of all the money for the service that you receive. Um, and it's just crazy. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to be said for our system and the way we do it. Cause you know, you call an ambulance. Yeah. It turns up a few hours later, but that's again, cause you said they're so underfunded, understaffed, overworked and underpaid. Um, but they take you to any hospital and you'll get treated by someone. It's true. Um, it's true. You know. Yeah, it's a good is it's a good system. It's just broken more over the more over more recent years. Like it feels like it hasn't really recovered properly since COVID, um, and maybe a bit before that. But yeah, it's it is different. It's a different league uh, of yeah. issues. Let's say. Um, but yeah, okay. And so it's not it's not happening. And like the, we're trying to get the money together, doing everything, selling TVs for like twenty dollars, having to like pawn in wedding rings, everything, literally everything that they possibly can do. And it gets to a point where he's going to be discharged. They're going to discharge Mike, and then it gets to that point of desperation where Denise is crying on the phone and saying to john you need to do something like you always say you're you know you're gonna handle it but you don't you need to do something do something now and actually it it made me cry in that moment as well because the acting is so good uh from the woman that's playing uh playing denise kimberly elise so good um and it it made me feel like I need to do something <laughs> like uh, just watching uh, and it would it would fire you up. Like I know that you're saying that that's putting pressure on, um, but at the same time, the pressure is on. Right. Like as in so the pressure is on both of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was really powerful. What What did you think of that moment? Yeah, uh, kind of exactly the same. It's just, it's so difficult to watch because you, you think, again, there's these pressures on, uh, He's he says he's going to provide, he says he's going to do things, he says, you know, I'm going to make the money, I can do this, I can do that. Then this, you know, horrible thing happens to their son 
then it's kind of like you've paid $22,000 already. You paid $6,000 like last week. It's not enough, you know, and the administrators of the hospital are kicking him out because you don't earn enough and you can't pay enough to, to keep them in the hospital. And then it's just pure, uh, pure emotion, isn't it? They're just distraught. Uh, and she's she's so upset down the phone and kind of again pushing him into that situation of something has to happen you need to do it and it's like they were told to go to the to all these places and not accept no for an answer and it kind of felt like they were just being they were pushed aside kind of everywhere they went you know this isn't the queue you want to be in it's that queue it's queue mm. 15 or whatever it was over there you know oh you don't want to talk to me you want to talk to them no i can't help you it's like i'm broke and my son's dying how can you not help me you know it's you know, uh, um but it's just kind of like I, i've got that i've been given that now and i need to move on um rather than like kind of heeding the doctor's advice that that was like there's options out there there's help there's this there's that there's that and you know, as much as they try to get it, again, I think it's a it's a big commentary on the systems that they have over there and and support for people who are in need um, and can't afford it um, and don't have the insurance to cover it. Um, but yeah, just the just the the pressure that that he's under and the the sense that you get from him and that that feeling of uh, last resort from both of them. Like this is it. This is just this is just all we have left. It is to, um, it is to just put their their own lives on the line, you know, and and him in particular because he feels like it's very much, you know, weight, weighted on his shoulders. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I mean, I don't think she expected him to go and do this, you know. Um, <laughs> no, th- this just, wasn't the brief. <laughs> yeah, but. We see him like in Mikey's room. Um, we don't know he's holding a gun at this point, but you know, sort of contemplating what he's going to do. I mean, in retrospect, we can see that that's what he was contemplating. Like, I'm going to have to take this to the most extreme that I can. Um, oh, I liked it when he went back to the hospital, and like you said earlier, that he's interrupting Doctor Turner, who's talking to whoever is obviously, like you said, very wealthy, and it's not a problem to have these surgeries, and they'll meet at the golf club and all of that. Mm. And he's just still like, no, no, I need to speak to you for a minute. And he goes into, you know, look, I'll do whatever I can do. Like I will pay you, like man to man. Like I will get you that money. Like I will work it off. Like and. It's like he's still trying to reason with him. It's not like he just goes in with the gun. He's still trying, please, just, you know, my son is going to die. And he's not having it. He's like, okay, take a walk with me. Walks him in. And it's just like, okay, it's time to turn up then. Um, Like, because my son's not going to die. And he locks the emergency room. And then we get the who is in the room. It's like now we're, the scenarios change, the shift, the, tone of the movies changed and we're introduced to everybody in there so how many of them did you recognize from other things uh so mitch i recognized um lester well let's take them one by one so mitch who's the guy that beats on his girlfriend he is in the faculty he's one of the dexter killers like season four or five i think what was it you recognized him from I, I can't remember because I because I wasn't allowed to look it up. I I didn't I didn't look up any of the actors, so I I wasn't entirely sure. But I I recognised him immediately. It, it'll probably be from uh, the faculty. Will be where I know him from, or 
uh, something like that, something along those those lines. Um, so yeah, I, I recognised him straight away, and uh, I was pleased that he got his nose broken. <laughs> <laughs> got a beating. Wow, Des- deservedly so. And, well, not mace, but they're like makeshift mace as well. Just it was whatever spray they had, wasn't it? Yeah, they just sprayed like some sort of air freshener in his eyes. <laughs> Uh, he had Ethan Soupley, who's who was the security guard. He was in Boy Meets World, but he's been in loads of other things. Yeah, wasn't he in? Um, is it My Name Is Earl? Yes, he was in that, wasn't he? Yeah, I remember him from from that. He's had he's had like a huge, like body transformation. Yeah, like massive. He's like ripped now and really like toned and stuff. Like he yeah. he became the bodybuilder. Right. after this after this film he was um, insp- he was inspired one of my favorite bits of the film was was uh, denzel, like obviously denzel goes in puts the padlock on exactly like you said he's like pleading with the doctor like i'll do anything i'll pay you i'll do this for you i'll do that for you and this is like last chance saloon like i will do absolutely anything and he's like there's nothing more i can do and it's like well fuck that i'm gonna chain the hospital i've got a gun locks him in and it's like premeditated but not planned. It's like I bought this chain, I bought this padlock because I knew I was going to do this, but I don't have a plan. And what's great is like he's holding the doctor and he says to the security guard, like, "Give me a gun." He's like, "I don't have a gun." He's like, "Okay, well get up. No, no, sit down. No, get up." And he doesn't know what he, he doesn't know what he's doing. And that's such a great moment because he's like he gets up and he goes down. And he gets up again, and uh, I thought that was so good. I thought just that moment and just really not knowing what's happening the adrenaline that kind of whirlwind of a moment and kind of dragging these characters into it as well just like there's no escape for them and there's all sorts of shit that's wrong with them as well um and uh yeah ethan superly did you say was his name Mm -hmm. uh he was uh immediately recognizable like i said mitch was recognizable you said eddie griffin before eddie griffin was uh definitely recognizable Please, um, please, can I speak on Eddie Griffin for a moment? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So I've loved Ed, Eddie Griffin for years, years and years and years. Um, he's he's like the pimp in Deuce Bigelow. Obviously, his stand up, um, like undercover brother, like all kinds of <laughs> of movies. Um, but F and I saw him do stand up in Vegas, um, in nice. the Rio. This was like maybe five six years ago maybe longer oh no it'd be longer than that god 2024 it's probably like 2018 or something and there was like a hundred people in the room like it was so intimate and he did like three hours and he was absolutely (laughs) hilarious and he was the best stand-up show ever that i've ever seen uh and he kept having this hand kept coming out of the curtain he was saying when he's performing at casinos he gets free alcohol and it keep bringing him out a glass of champagne and a shot of Patron. And he'd put the shot of Patron in the champagne. And it was like, cheers. And it was so good and so funny. But in this movie, which is a very serious movie, it's like he's in a different film or he's like a figment of John's imagination because there's <laughs> parts like of it. In. There's parts of it where it's like, this doesn't fit the tone at all. Like he says, one part, John's like, you know, if I have to, I kill myself. You know, it's what I have to do. It turns to Eddie Griffin and he goes, but John, you'd be dead. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what? That's not the line for this right now. Or my favorite bit, my favorite line. uh, 
is at the end when we're really jumping ahead we'll get back to it but when he's coming out of the courtroom (laughs) and it flips he looks over and there's eddie griffin just sort of stood in the wings with nobody so he looks like he's a spirit he's a ghost he's an angel he's a figment of his imagination he just goes hey john take care of me you my hero it's like (laughs) what what (laughs) like it's such a great sentiment but this is not the right film for this. Imagine if that was the case. Imagine if John was the only one that could see him. And I that it was all so. in his head the whole time. <laughs> the, the, when, at, the be- at the beginning, when we're first in this bit, or we're in it a little bit, and people are realising that Mitch is an abuser and has beaten his girlfriend, he turns to Eddie Griffin and he goes... You're from the Slapperhoe tribe. <laughs> it's, like, it's like we're in the middle of about to have serious social commentary on the injustices of the American medical system. And we've got Eddie Griffin going, but John, you'd be dead. It's like, <laughs> what? But I love Eddie Griffin. I love that he's in this. But it's so random. It's, it's, it's so good, though. I think I think it fits. I think it's okay. Like I think it fits if... It, one, if you think of him as being not there, and two, if you think of him as being like the reason John isn't dead. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, but also you mentioned we've got the pregnant couple. They get they get to go a bit early. They go home early from class, and then also uh, the Hispanic woman, right? Yes, with the baby. With the baby, yes. Um, he doesn't speak English. He's he's speaking speaking Spanish. Uh, what I love is that John, in that moment when everything's 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 sort of crumbling a little bit, and it, like again, adrenaline's high, the pressure's high, and he's like, he suddenly becomes the triage nurse for this ward, and is like, "What's wrong with you? What's wrong with the baby? I don't understand you." <laughs> and she's like pointing at her ears, like ear infection, okay, and then points at the woman who's hiding behind the, under the desk, is like, "Come out from under there, sit there." You know, can you help that baby? No, like, why not? Like, because I don't know anything. It's my first day. And like, oh my god! Imagine this happening on your first day. That's that's one of those classic lines. I thought, you know, you know those classic lines you get where it's like, it's my first day, or uh, like somebody dies and it's like they had one day till retirement. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was that kind of perfect moment. And I thought, I thought we'd get that with the um, the police lieutenant that's kind of doing the negotiating. Who I must say. I really want that extended phone receiver to just carry around. It just sort of whipped that out with nowhere, didn't he? Out of his pocket. It's like, bosh, phone phone receiver on his head. Just hold the mobile phone. I don't know what's don't, wrong with you. But. Don't worry about that. He like, he's got he's got a method. He likes what it he's doing. It was so good. Well, was yes. That, that's was that Rob- a Dreyfus, the, the act? I, I can't remember who that actor is. No, it's uh, Robert Dufal, who was, oh, the, Duvall, who, was in, who was the dad in Sling Blade. That's in right. The, that's in right. the chair. Um, he's also in Gone in 60 Seconds, which I can't wait for us to cover that at some point. Gosh. Again, a very different film. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, because the cast continues. Robert Duvall, amazing actor. And then we got Ray Liotta outside as well as like the oh, head, of, head of police. When he appeared, I was like, oh, he's just going to walk up kick the door in, shoot John and just walk out. I'm like, job done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The day I became a wise guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, again, what a great... And, and they have tension. So uh, Robert Duvall is the like head negotiator. 
and gets John on the phone. And it's kind of that classic, uh, not like movie trope, but, you know, I'm the guy on the phone. I'm the good guy. I'm going to, you know, get you through and this, that and the other. And then you have like the chief of police that's like a douchebag that has a different method and wants to storm in. It's kind of like Die Hard, actually, isn't it? Where you've got uh, Al that, uh, that wants to, that's trying to do it and then they get taken over by like the FBI that want to just storm in and, uh, you know, just kill everybody. But yeah, that's... Yeah. Did you think there was any chance of that happening that when... Oh, we're jumping ahead. Let's not jump there yet. We'll get to the sniper. You, you keep saying we're jumping ahead, but we haven't got long, much long, like long left of okay. our recording <laughs> wait wait well ju- just before we get to the uh the sniper beer they have a lot there's a lot of conversation that's happening where it's just people sat down talking about the the medical system and the injustices and there's a lot of it's kind of you're getting lots of different people's opinions around the same topic and the doctor basically saying you know it, it's kind of above his pay grade but at the same time i guess it's not and he does sort of soften by the end of it uh by the end of this situation i mean we get to a point where it's just like okay well if there's a heart there i'm gonna use it i'm gonna put it in i don't care about you know whether i get cancelled from cancelled is probably not the right term that's a very 2024 <laughs> term isn't it i got cancelled <laughs> from being a surgeon but i think it's important he says, to- he says disbarred there um, we go. I, yeah, I'm not sure that's the right term because that, like, you do you do the bar, for, like, to become a lawyer, right? Mm. You're a solicitor, you do the bar. So I wasn't sure that was the right term, but I may be wrong. Maybe you have to do a bar exam to be a heart surgeon as well. But I, I would have thought they would take his license away. Was his biggest concern, right? Yeah, because not ethical and this, that, and the other. But yeah and then okay so we we do have the sniper come in they've got a clean shot of of john did you think he was gonna get popped i thought he was gonna be hit more severely than he was uh, that again it would that would have been an absolute travesty if he would have just like there's a heart on its way and then poof, he's dead and he doesn't see kind of the the impact he's had like like and the positive impact i mean as well because i think he's had a positive impact on the people in the room you know and obviously there's huge crowds outside and they're all cheering for him um and what i love is that the ceiling collapses on this shooter guy and he just pounces on him just takes just a beating like, yeah just like lays into him punches him in the face quite a few times and then it's fantastic takes him outside uses him as a, a human shield trousers around his ankles uh and his hands are tied got big black eye and he's like yeah, this just this is just crazy. Just heart for my son. Get a heart, and you can have this guy back. Get me a heart, and you can have this guy back. Heart for sniper. It's not and, hard, is it? And as you know, and as you mentioned, we've got the crowds outside, which purpose perfectly leads us into our main boy, personal friend Paul Johansson, friend which of the show. he was uh, like John had met him earlier in the movie where john and his friend were saying you know can we maybe rally up some support or do you know you could do a think piece on this or whatever uh and then obviously it escalates uh talk to us about paul johansson in this film and how happy you were to see him <laughs> very happy we like i've spoken to this man a few times and uh, uh i'm now watching him in this film um obviously we know 
uh, he was friends or is friends with with the director. So, you know, it's it's a it's nice that he's got the opportunity to to be in the film and be in a film with with Denzel Washington as well. It was amazing. Um, but he did a good job. He played that kind of I don't know what the word is like slick kind of smarmy want the story kind of reporter um that's just like this is gonna this is gonna make me big time um and yeah this 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 is the story that's gonna make his career and uh, i thought he did it really well i thought it was decent like really good performance from him um kind of good crowd work when he's talking to jimmy palumbo um and says look looking at look into the camera and uh, uh, tell us exactly what you're feeling. What, what would you be doing in this situation? And uh, yeah, he does it. It's perfect. <laughs> great. A great Paul Johansson as always. <laughs> it, and it's also his like assistant that manages to tap into the CCTV and they get the audio as well because he's talking to his wife on the phone. Um, so it's all very heartfelt. And oh, and it's talking to Mikey on the phone as well. Oh my god, Dom! I was crying so much in this film. Like it's actually making me emotional thinking about it now. Gosh. Hold it together. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and the, the 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 sniper situation happens. Yes, and then he says also, and I want my son here. Like bring my son here. Um, and so he brings him there, and then we get the super emotional scene of where he's crying talking to his son because he's made the decision at this point that he's gonna kill himself to give mm. mikey his heart and he's just saying you know basically saying just just try and be a good man you know be kind look after your mother like all these different things and then we've listen, spoken listen to your mother she's your best friend yeah like all of these bits oh god my the tears were coming down my eyes listening to this as well was <laughs> was it hitting you in the emotions i know that you're not a crier but it must have hit you in the emotions uh, yeah i guess so i i just thought it's just like this is crazy i was just like the whole time i was thinking don't shoot yourself don't you please don't shoot yourself because that that sort of thing really ruins it for me as well because i'm like when you're invested in a character and you really like them you're like no i didn't want that to happen i want you to kind of do what you got to do and live on and make sure that um you know things things happen in a positive way, um, but the right way, uh, and yeah, I was uh, at this point. I'm thinking, oh no, this is this is just nuts. So I I just I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want uh, Mike to to die either. So um, of course, yeah, it's just hard. It's just hard to see just this little boy is all tubed up trying to speak, and mm-hmm. he, he's just finding it so difficult. And he's telling him, um, telling him all this stuff like, look after your mom, do all this, do all that, love you. And I, I'm pretty sure Denzel has bigger tears than anyone else in 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 Hollywood. Like the tears that come out of him are just massive. Okay. Do, do you not think it's just like the, the biggest I didn't tears in, in cinema history? Heavy tears. Oh, I just <laughs> yeah. Beautiful tears. Well, I, and so, yeah, you're right. And the kid that the guy that's playing, or the kid, sorry, that was not a kid anymore. Uh, Daniel E. <laughs> Smith, who was playing. Uh, Mike, so good. Like, and, and it really, this film really make is made or broken on the performances. Uh, you could have had different actors in these roles, and it wouldn't be what it was. Um, yeah, it really is a, a stellar cast. I, I also employ, employ, implore, implore. I believe it's implore. I implore everybody to go to YouTube and watch the clip of. 
when Denzel's tr- saying, trying to argue with basically the whole room, but mainly James Wood's character to say, if if I die and kill myself, you have to operate on my son. Um, and he's saying, you have to just accept it. Mike's going to die. And it's like, no, no, I will not accept that. I will never accept that. Like my son is going to live. Uh, and when he's saying, you know, he's a good kid, you know, he's into bodybuilding. You'd like him. If you got to know him, you'd like him. And he's like, I, I do. I do like him. But the acting in that is just amazing. Like, so amazing. That is Oscar worthy right there. I read in the comments somewhere that this is the year that he actually won the Oscar for Training Day. Um, so, you know. But if if he hadn't have been nominated for that, he should have also been, like, I don't know if that's ever happened. Is that even possible? Could you be nominated twice for for two different films in the same year. Maybe that's not allowed. I have no idea. There's a bit of research to do afterwards. <laughs> because technically you'd think, well, if you did two Oscar-worthy performances in two films in the same year, you should be able to be in that category twice. I guess so. Because they're two separate like, wh- bodies of work, aren't they? Yeah. I, I guess it depends on... Yeah, I guess it. I guess it depends on the academy and what they, who they pick, is it? Because it's all very political, political as well. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah I, when he when he says sorry, just in that scene as well, just to say when he says, "I will not bury my son. I do not bury my son. He will bury me." Yeah, and that like that was a, a really like, um, kind of touching line as well. It really was. It really was. And, and he also said. Someone said, what about your wife? And he said, she'd be doing the same thing. You know, my life for his. You know, I'm his father. It's me. Like, it's just the the ration, the rationale to it. Uh, and then, like you said, the whole he's going to kill himself and the safety. And it's like, oh, my God. And the radio. And it's his wife on the radio. And she runs up and she's just, like, desperate saying, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Uh, oh god it actually makes me emotional thinking about it I actually I actually have to hold this together <laughs> this hasn't happened yet I haven't had tears on the zoom and it's been like are we in our fourth year I think we're in our fourth year now yeah like the I think start so. of our fourth year oh <sighs> okay but then <laughs> we get the old we get the old switcheroo Eddie Griffin goes out as if he's Denzel. So Denzel can mm. go and see the heart operation, the surgery happen. I was worried when I saw this part. Like, I thought, yeah, yes, yeah, it's brilliant. It's how it should be. But I was worried. I was like, oh, no, is Dom going to be a stickler about this? Is Dom going to have a problem with this? Well, have a problem with what? Like, being like it's not, you know, not realistic that they would know oh, it's him or whatever. No, not at all. I just saw it as like he he's done a he's done a kind thing. He's like, give me your give me your clothes. I'll go out with you, um, because they they're just gonna take anyone that they they that fits your description away and just assume it's you. But um, you know the the police uh, the the police officer see like the lieutenant sees that it's not him and kind of goes mm, okay. You know he's a bit more on the ball than everyone else. Um, and like the police officers that are looking at him as he's like running through, even though he's masked up, you know, mm-hmm. dressed as, um, d- dressed ready to go into the operating theatre. Um, that even they look a bit sort of suspicious, but 
uh yeah he, he's then given the opportunity to to kind of watch it happen and uh the the the, the lieutenant does the right thing he's like kind of cut, like put these on and join me and like give him get his the cuffs join me in a minute you know sort of thing like when you're mm. ready yeah, you know, i'll be waiting outside i'll be waiting outside let's let this happen first and uh takes him away that's kind of yeah then we kind of get to the end well, I, I loved that that happened. Like, I thought it was, like, just the perfect payoff because we want to see... It was also just a great Eddie Griffin moment. Like, yes, go yeah. Eddie Griffin. But also, it's like uh, we get the the payoff of seeing it happen. I will just quickly say, uh, like, I love the moment where the Doctor, like, taps the heart and it starts beating. I wondered, is that really how they do it? Like, like kick it <laughs> off. So good. It's like, yes, it's worked. And he's sort of like thumbing up and celebrating to john as well it's like they've gone through this journey together um but i will just if we just take it one step back for a second when the guy with the headset is like harvesting the organs from the woman (laughs) it's like this is crazy it's like walking around like lungs lungs are good good heart heart good blood type be positive it's like yes yes (laughs) yes <laughs> but is that for real what's happening like there's a dead body and there's a dude in there with a headset walking around like transcribing <laughs> what's good or not for like the open market <laughs> i mean i i have no idea i'm sure there's someone that makes a record and, and you know they use like tape they do, i think they do tape when they're doing uh like autopsies and stuff and they are removing organs but yeah i don't know if it's as technical as that as someone with their headset on going copying exactly what the the the, the doctor or the, the person that was you know removing the organs or looking like at this woman's insides just kind of repeating everything she said yeah i don't i don't think it would happen quite like that doesn't it just remind you of that bit in the office where dwight's like trying to harvest the organs out of the cpr <laughs> dummy and he's like the heart so where's the precious heart why did you, David Wallace, why did you have to cut the face off of the dummy? <laughs> Cost us $3,500. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I think mean, that's oh, one of the dear. best episodes. So good. This is brilliant. But yes, and I, then. I know you. I saw you in the parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Creed. Oh, <laughs> uh, just, uh, just, just quickly as well, just Denzel's joke. Um, before he goes to I think before he goes to shoot himself when he's getting people to sign like this is my will I need two people to sign it and the people that volunteer are like you're really going to shoot yourself man like that's crazy but I'm going to sign it anyway Um, when he's like well unless (laughs) Mitch is be positive (laughs) it really cracked me up I was like well that's the perfect joke (laughs) so good and everybody's like (laughs) even Mitch is like no 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 (laughs) everyone's like yeah we all hate him too yeah (laughs) He's a piece of shit. And even he was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was. It was. He literally so managed good. to turn everyone in the room to a friend. Yeah. So good. But yeah, then we get absolutely. to we get to court because he committed a crime and he was up for three different charges. One was attempted murder, not guilty. Well, that's true yeah. because he didn't want to kill anyone, did he? And he only had one bullet. And the gun was never loaded, so that was also a good little sort of twist. The second one, I can't remember what it was, but it was also not guilty. And then the third one was something like, you know, holding people 
hostage or it wasn't quite that wording, but, you know, holding people and whatever. And he got found guilty of, which is fair because that's what happened. Um, but then we hear that we we don't know what the sentencing, sentencing is, but we hear his lawyers say something like, okay, so they'll go for like three to five. We'll get them down to two for like two years. Before. Yeah, I said he's going he's gonna to do time. He'll do time. Uh, like I could hear that, them saying that as well. Yeah, they definitely said something like, they'll, they'll want three to five, we'll get them down to two. And I was thinking, two years? I think that's all right, like, considering. I'd, I'd, yeah, I think I'd take two years over, um, you know, to save a life. Absolutely. Two years, no. my, son, my son's good. Uh, I'll come out and probably be a bit of a hero. Maybe I can, like, write a book or something and hopefully cash in or they'll, someone will give me a... Just, he just wanted to work. Let's like, give him a full week's worth of work. Um, yeah, sell the film rights. Yeah, there you go. And uh, <laughs> and then there's the beautiful moment at the end. Oh my god, it made me cry. Oh god, it's actually I'm getting emotional <laughs> thinking about it again. But he, the when well, first we get there. Hey, John, <laughs> take care of me. You're my hero. <laughs> I hope uh, this is my the best impression that I can do, and I can't do impressions very well. But it's important. I just love it. Just like. Take care of me. It's not man, it's mean. It's the best. Mean. <laughs> um, and then Mike sort of steps out and he's just like, hey, dad, thank you. And then he does the like, he's doing the bodybuilding. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. It's the best. What a great film. Dom, final thoughts on John Q and what would you rate it out of 10? You've only seen it once, so your film critic, how would you rate it out of 10? Uh, I thought this was a brilliant film. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, it's another one that I hadn't seen before and that I would definitely recommend to others and I would watch again. Um, I'm going to give it, uh, for, for just all the performances and the storyline and the kind of commentary that's going on throughout it, I think it's a 10. It's definitely up there. Definitely. Does so, this yeah. does this undo me recommending you uncut gems? Uh yes. I just have to be cautious over <laughs> films that that you recommend that are like Netflix made for Netflix or whatever because I, I think they're pretty shit. But uh this was a good film, definitely. Excellent. Thank you. I still feel <laughs> insulted. I still feel insulted by that, but it's, it's fine, it's fine. Uh <laughs> For me, thank and what, you. what about you? What do you think about the film? Well, subjectively and objectively, it could be the same thing. I f- also think it's a 10. I think it's... If I'm trying to think of... If I could think of a film... If I wanted a film that was based on this premise, how good could I imagine it to be? Is this. It meets every one of my... Any expectation or hope that I could have for it. All the performances are amazing. The cast is great. Uh, and such like diverse range of characters that keep everything really interesting. I love like the police outside to what's going on inside, the way that it pays off, the story overall, how emotional it is, and and the overall message. Just a wonderful, wonderful film. Um, so yeah, I really recommend it. If you haven't watched it in a while, go back. It wasn't streaming anywhere. I had to buy it on Amazon Prime. Dom, I'm sure you got it through your other sources i did no comment (laughs) (laughs) but you can find it out there to rent to buy you know through 
your chosen streaming platform uh mm. thank you for i'm gonna say rocking with us is that too foreign and i didn't like it <laughs> but i mean the thought barely even processed and you hated it straight away so don't don't go with that don't go with rocking with us thank you for listening thank you for your support if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast how could you not then check us out ravenshoops.net wiped on because basketballs go through hoops but yeah they also go through nets ravenshoops.net you can find all of our patreon there bonus content early release all of that good stuff you can pick your own movie and we will cover it with you on the podcast if you join and contribute at that ultimate raven level don't be a pigeon step your life game up yeah (laughs) any final thoughts dom uh my final thought is i think you should do the ravens chant but as eddie griffin that would make me immensely happy and i know that you are only on this earth to make me happy so (laughs) hey dom take care of man you my hero <laughs> it's perfect because dom and john rhyme but dom that mean you'd be dead <laughs> <laughs> oh god i can't think of anything else hey dom we're gonna do ravens on free man <laughs> sure. one two you my hero free Raven. Ravens. Ravens. <laughs> <laughs>